It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. I'm Ethan Miller filling in for Boyd Matheson today, and we're talking about John Curtis and his Conservative Climate Caucus. And this seems like, as I mentioned before we went to the break, this seems like an important point in Utah politics because John Curtis is trying to rally Utahns. Of course, he's a member of Congress. He's trying to rally Utahns around climate change, coming up with solutions for it that are appropriate to conservatism. So the idea is not to, you know, restrict our economy, but to grow our economy in a way that would help with climate change. Maybe that's in a nutshell way to put it. Uh, let's go to the phones. 801-KSL-TALK. That's 575-8255. Let's go to James in Bountiful. James, welcome to the program. And what do you think? Are you ready for this conversation? Did you just need an opening like this? Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, can you hear me? First yeah, off? I can hear you. Great. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I'm definitely ready for it. Uh, so I used, to, I am a conservative. I used to be a member of the Republican Party until Trump was nominated. Um, and I just really stick to my principles. And I don't know who to trust, really, on okay. this issue. Because logically, it makes a lot of sense that pumping carbon into the atmosphere would negatively impact the environment. And, I mean, forget climate change. Look at Utah Lake. We can negatively impact the environment. That's for sure. So... But I need I need logic, nonpartisan stuff, because Democrats want to punish the oil industry. But how do you know, how do you make an electric car battery? Yeah, you're using fossil fuels. How do you make plastic? You use oil. Right. So. So so you you welcome then I feel like you would welcome then uh, a conservative or a Republican like John Curtis kind of leading out on this issue. Well, and to me, that shows a commitment to not just sticking to these party lines you know if he believes there's a problem and we can actually come up with solutions that aren't ridiculous by like just banning air travel right or making everyone in california buy an electric car right one of the reasons everyone's leaving california and moving here is the the rules yeah a lot of those rules well you know james it's interesting you bring up some interesting points and i appreciate it and and it you know you I'll tell you, as I thought about this subject earlier, I wondered how many Republicans there were that were just kind of watching for this opportunity. So you just kind of confirmed uh, my thought that maybe there are at least a few. Uh, let's grab Mark in Highland. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ethan. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say I was just at a town hall meeting last night with John Curtis, and he did a fantastic job, I think. Um there were some hecklers and people were giving a hard time about him bouncing back and forth between the Democratic and Republican Party. But what I what I found really interesting about it is that I think John's doing a really good job of finding that balance between the Democratic and the Republican views. Mm-hmm. He's got experience in both camps, and so he can speak to both perspectives. And I think he's doing that very effectively. And as far as the, the climate uh, package that he's that he started because I think he's doing such a good job. 
at that sort of thing, I'd be more than happy to listen. There's no harm in listening and hearing things out. And unless we're willing to do that, then we're just stuck in the same old rhetoric that that the parties tend to get stuck in. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd be willing to hear him out. So, Mark, are you in his district then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So tell me, what do you think? Do you think that a move like this, starting to talk about climate change, do you think this is going to put his career in jeopardy? Or do you feel like the other voters in your district are going to give him some space and go with him at least a little ways down the road? Well, I would hope that the voters in his district and and we here in Utah are open minded enough to at least hear things out. Uh, I I was really disappointed last night at two of the people at that event at the town hall that were just so in his face. It was really, frankly, embarrassing. I felt bad uh, for the way he was being treated. And I would hope that the example of the rest of us in his district and around the state, that we are open-minded enough to at least listen, at least consider. If we don't like it after we hear it, then fine, take that stance. Right. But if we're not willing to, 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 to hear it out first, I think we've got a bigger problem than climate change. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right about that, Mark. Thanks so much for your call. I, I appreciate it. Let's go to David in Salt Lake. David, welcome. Hello, Ethan. Oh, I know you. I know this, David. How are yeah, you, David? you know me, but I'll tell you, I think, James, I think James and Mark articulated things much better than I could. Okay. They, they coincide with everything that I would say. I, I totally agree with them. Uh-huh. Uh, the thing that all, uh, turns me off is uh, with, uh, uh, with the left is they go far, so far to the extreme. And I, I really like Mitt Romney's approach, you know, where he says, "Hey, let's, you know, we could we could cut carbon emissions right now to zero in the mm-hmm. United States, and carbon emissions would still go up as long as we have polluters like China right. that ha- have no regard for these things. We need to bring the industries here home to our country and do do this because we have proven that we can and will and are willing to reduce carbon emissions where China and these other countries are not willing to do it. Yeah, well, they're and- willing to be part of the talks, but they're not willing to." do anything to reduce carbon emissions well and, and david david let me let me jump in real quick and uh, and share with you um something that john curtis actually put into uh this the website or the statement i guess i i call it a mission statement that's not how it's listed it says what we believe and, it's, and then it's got some bullet points you can find this on john curtis's uh house of representatives website but he he makes a very similar point and that is Climate change is a global issue. I'm quoting from the from the website now. Climate change is a global issue, and China is the greatest immediate obstacle to reducing world emissions. Solutions should reduce global emissions and not just be feel-good policies. So they've singled out uh, China as well on this, which makes some sense. You know, there's a lot of heartburn over China right now in, in Washington, D.C., and, and not just among Republicans, but among Democrats as well. And, uh, David, it's great to chat with you, man. I, I love hearing from you. Let's grab uh, Bill in West Jordan. Bill, uh, tell me about it. Uh, yeah, I'm taking a, a third look. You know, I'm not taking one side versus the other, but I'm saying that if climate change is going to happen, it's not us trying to stop it. It's what should we do about it? Mm-hmm. Now, if it's going to cause levels of the ocean to rise, we should stop building houses at, at, and other buildings at uh, very low levels near the seashore or perhaps build dikes, something like that. 
if it's going to cause hotter and drier climate in places like Utah and other states in the Mountain West, maybe we should do agricultural resources and find crops that would uh, survive better and be uh, equally productive uh, in food value that uh, can take a hotter, drier climate. Let me let me ask you a, a, a question related to that, because I've been thinking about this. You know, we're going through the drought right now, and, let, and let's say... Okay, let's say that some element of the drought or its severity is related to climate change. So let's go along with what Curtis is asserting here. Um, at what point do you think, or do you think it should be on the table that this, along the Wasatch Front, for example, we restrict new neighborhoods, we restrict new developments? Do you think something like that ought to be on the table? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, you know, like we you know, a lot of it. If we if we do new new, new development, uh, just uh, go more to zero scaping on lawns, so we don't use as much water. If yeah. it's changing things so so that our climate is drier permanently. So, well, I appreciate your call, Bill. Thanks so much, and uh, thanks so much for your thoughts. And and I I will say this: I think that our yards are going to be very different. I think that this drought is going to permanently change the way that we. Um, the way that we deal with our yards. Not every family, right? But I think on the whole, we're going to see a lot of changes. I know I'm going to change things. I mean, I've got plans for my front yard where we don't need the grass. Because let's be real about the grass, all right? The grass that I maintain in the backyard, I basically maintain a lush, green, amazing dog toilet with the same square footage as my house. So I'm looking at that thinking, all right, well, I know the dogs don't need that in the front yard, so let's get rid of it in the front yard. And how much do they really need in the backyard? Because they have shown, and believe me, I have tried, they have shown a strong preference for grass. So I don't know. I don't know what my yard is going to look like in the coming years, but I can tell you what, I'm not going through this garbage again. I'm going to be proactive next time. All right. Thanks so much for your calls, everyone. We've got to grab a quick break. When we come back, plenty more to go on the show, including bats. What do you do when you run into one? I have a personal story of running into a bat at my house. I'm going to review with the Department of Natural Resources whether I did the right thing. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.